your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor's Penguins. And thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, your Pittsburgh Penguins will be in action um, both nights this weekend. So, Saturday, a trip to Ottawa to play the Senators. And then on Sunday, a trip to Washington to play the Surging Capitals. That is a team that just does not want to die even though everyone just basically picks them to miss the playoffs every season. Basically with me, I'll believe it when I see it. I will always have them in the top four of the Metro uh, no matter what until they actually miss the playoffs. It's the same thing as the Penguins. Until both these teams actually miss, um, I I would be flat out stunned um, if they actually did not make the playoffs. And Again, that goes for both teams. But um, there was some big news today with regards to the team uh, for the game against Ottawa. So, the COVID policies in Canada are a bit different. So the Penguins put this tweet out. Chad Ruedel and Marcus Pedersen have been added to the COVID-19 protocol list. Both players will be ineligible to play versus Ottawa on Saturday due to the Canadian government's mandatory two-week quarantine requirement following the previous positive test for COVID-19. So I know when some people saw this, they were like, oh my God, did they test positive again? I'm here to tell you that after reading that tweet on this podcast, no, they have not tested positive again. They just came out of the protocol. It is just Canada is a bit different with COVID. You know, that's that's their that's their government's thing. You know, I'm not here to judge anything, you know, anything like that. But, you know, the players, they're not allowed up there just because of the, man, the mandatory requirement following their previous positive test. They have to basically stay in the United States for at least two weeks after they tested positive or after, two weeks after they got out of covid before um, they can come to Canada. At least that's how I am understanding it. Um, I even tweeted this during the afternoon. I had flat out no idea this was a thing. Um, One of my followers that lives in Canada, apparently there's been a lot of school cancellations they've had for the kids um, because of stuff like this. Um, It definitely seems like you're limited with how many bodies you can bring. Another part of this news, uh, Tristan Jari is not going to be traveling to Canada. Um, I understand that just because they're saving Jari for that game against Washington on Sunday. Expect Casey to Smith to start on Saturday. That is why you saw Louis Dominique being called up. So no, there's no other COVID issues that we know of right now. Tristan Jari didn't test positive. You know, I know some of the other players might be coming out of COVID protocol on Saturday, but though they wouldn't even be eligible to play in that game. And you know, which I totally forgot about again, just because of Canada's uh, mandatory two-week quarantine period. So. That's basically the big news from that. Um, J.D. Young, host of Locked on Sharks, he also says that's why some of the Sharks players have been in Denver waiting because they have also had a huge uh, COVID outbreak out there. You know, luckily, I think the Sharks have been able to get over it. Well, mostly get over it like the Penguins have, though. The Senators right now, um, they are also in a pretty big COVID situation. I believe they have, what, eight or nine positive tests. If I go to Darren Dreger's Twitter account here, I can just find this real quick. Um, th- this situation d- definitely seems um, just as bad, if not worse, um, 
than the Penguins. They were awaiting the results for the test last night for the Kings and Sens game. It looks like that game um, did go on to be played. Um, it doesn't look like Matt Murray is going to be available. I think Bruce Garriott said they're down to like two healthy defensemen. It is it is a rough time right now up in Ottawa. Then I believe there is another injury update today from Dreger as well. Eric uh, Brandstrom, who's one of their better young players, has believed to suffer a broken hand. Further medical evaluation required to determine the extent of the injury and recovering time. So the Sens are just, they're a mess right now for a multitude of reasons. It's very similar to what's going on with the Penguins with how many COVID cases they've had, plus all the injuries they've dealt with this year as well. So they're basically play, playing their twins from the Atlantic Division. Here's their lineup that they used um, for the game against Los Angeles on Thursday night. So uh, Brady Kachuk on that first line with Josh Norris and Sanford. Um, Drake Batherson with Tim Stutzla. And I believe Nick Paul is on their second line, which is just crazy to think about. Um, Tyler Ennis, it looks like, was on the third line with Chris Tierney. Um, they, they Again, this team is so banged up right now. It is not even funny. Well, obviously with COVID as well. Michael Delzato was on the top pairing with Tomas Shabbat. I mean, that is just... That, that's insane <laughs> to even think about. Philip Gustafson, former Penguins prospect, was starting for them in that game too. Looking else here, so um, Igor Sokolov was on their fourth line. I honestly do not even really know who he is. I already touched on Tyler Ennis a little bit, Chris Tierney, Drake Batherson, Nick Paul, Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk, Zach Sanford. I almost, honestly almost forgot that the Senators got him in that deal. Um, Eric Brandstrom was in that game, but again, he will be taken out of the lineup now. Artem Zub was on the second pairing. I have no idea who that guy is. Um, Dylan Hetherington, I don't even know who he is. Lassie Thompson, I have no idea who that is either. So the Senators are literally playing with a bunch of Mark Donks right now. If we were to make a comparison to the Penguins, um, it is basically, you know, what, half their AHL lineup is in the, in the net. Um, you know, there's, you know, Colin White's hurt, Shane Pinto's hurt, Austin Watson's obviously out, uh, Connor Brown is day-to-day, -day. Matt Murray's out, Nick Holden is out, Josh Brown is out, and Dylan Granville is out, and of course, I just as I just said, Eric Brandstrom is out. So, um, it is a lot right now for Ottawa. This is a very winnable game for the Penguins. I know they won't have Ruedel and um, Pedersen for that game, but with the lineup that they have going up against the Senators, this should be two points going to Washington. Obviously, it's any given night, you know, anything can happen. But with how banged up Ottawa is and with how many players they have out due to COVID, I still think the Penguins should be able to win this game. Now, will they win this game? Who knows? I mean, it's still, you know, tough going up to Canada during these circumstances, especially with how the Penguins are just hopefully getting out of their COVID situation. Um, and I honestly just came, it came to my mind right now, Mike Sullivan would not have been allowed to go up to Canada if he were out of the COVID protocol on Saturday due to that requirement from Canada. So, and actually, now that I, I, I bring this up, the Penguins play two games again in Canada next week. They go to Montreal and they go to Toronto. I do not think they will have Sidney Crosby for that matchup. I don't think Mike Sullivan will be able to go there. I do not even think uh, Ruedel and Pedersen will be allowed to go there just because, again, of that two-week requirement. Even though it, it's going to be um, at least a week until that matchup, that's just how it is in Canada. You know, Again, I'm not going to sit here and bash it. You know, that's just what, how the Canadian government is doing. Um, the Senators have played 13 games this year. They have 42.3% of the actual goals at 5v5, 47.6% of the expected goals, 45.4% uh, of the shot attempts. 
Um, it, it has just been a really big struggle for them this season. A lot of people I saw, you know, in hockey media, some even fans were saying that, oh yeah, guys, Ottawa's going to be a sneaky playoff team. They're going to do a lot of damage this year. But it was like, if you look at them even when they're healthy, sure, they have a lot of young pieces, but look at the Atlantic and the Metropolitan Division teams. There was just no way in heck that Ottawa was going to make the playoffs this year. I know Eugene Melnick is a bit of a crazy owner. That's how he is. You know, he's saying, you know, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs this year. No. In your division, you have the Panthers, the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Maple Leafs all ahead of you. Heck, even Buffalo has actually had a pretty decent start to the season. So I never really understood the Senators' playoff hype train. I think they're probably, you know, a year, two, three at most away. I I think definitely in the next couple of years, you can see them make a push for the playoffs, but they also have to add more to the roster in terms of trade and free agency. I've liked what they've been doing, you know, with starting over after that 2017 team. They gutted it. You know, they brought in a lot of young talent, and there is some good young players here. Again, we know Tim Stutzela, Brady Kachuk, Shane Pinto when he's not hurt. Eric Braunstrom, I think, is a, a pretty good defenseman in this league. But you still need to surround them with, you know, good complementary players who have played in this league for a bit and are not just basically a bunch of old vets, I think is my way of saying it. Some more numbers from the Senators here. Their goals for per 60, 2.09. That's actually one of the lowest marks in the league. I mean, it's right around actually where Buffalo is. Arizona's is about 1.67. So, yeah, they just they have not been able to score a lot. Their goals against per 60, 2.09. 8-4. Their expected goals for, for per 60, excuse me, 2.46. So their expected goals at 2.46 and the actual goals for 2.09. Maybe a little bit of bad luck there, but the Senators also don't are not blessed with a lot of really good um, finishing ability on their team. Their expected goals against per 60, 2.75. So the underlying numbers are not tying to Ottawa. Again, this should be a matchup that the Penguins can win. I'll be curious to see how Philip Gustafson plays in that game. But still, it would be big if the Penguins could walk away with some points out of this one. That would be 8 out of 10 points in their last five games going into that matchup on Sunday against the Washington Capitals. There was no practice for the Penguins today. So not too many updates outside of them tweeting about uh, Taylor Swift with Jake Ensel. But um, otherwise, that was it. Coming up in the next segment, we'll do a full preview of the game against the Washington Capitals on Sunday. As Again, they seem to be really chugging along. I believe they just won tonight as well. And Ovechkin is now fourth all-time in uh, goals. And I'll have a little thought um, about that coming up in this next segment here as well. But first, I love Thanksgiving. We're about just a couple weeks away from that. There's so much good food and treats. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. That means it's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert, as I hear a siren basically while I'm talking about this amazing bar. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. They are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming out soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. There's new surprises all month. That means limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at 
LO underscore Penguins. So again, on Sunday, the Penguins will get their first taste of the Capitals this season, the first of what, four to five matchups. Uh, Washington was a bit cold um, coming into this week. They had actually just lost three in a row to Tampa, Florida, and Philadelphia, but they have now rattled off three straight wins of their own. They beat Buffalo on November 8th on Monday. Then they just beat the Red Wings on Thursday, 2-0 in a shutout. And then they went to Columbus to beat the Blue Jackets, 4-3 as Ovechkin got a goal in that one. That was a pretty good game. I believe it was 3-3 going into the third. And the Blue Jackets have actually not been bad this year. They're 7-4. But Washington was able to get a win. Garnett Hathaway had two of the goals. Alexander Ovechkin, of course, had one. And old friend Connor Sherry also had a goal as well. If you look at the lines this season, so Washington is pretty banged up right now. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom has still not played this season. I don't really even know when he's supposed to come back. I mean, he had a really, I think, serious surgery over the offseason where uh, it was kind of unknown at the time when he was going to come back. And I think even before the season, Backstrom said, yeah, I honestly have no idea. So that's still pretty serious. TJ Oshie is week to week with, I think it was a lower body injury. There's also Anthony Mantha who is hurt. I believe he's going to be sidelined for at least the next few months. I think he just had shoulder surgery last week. They said he's out indefinitely, but i got to think he's going to be out for at least a couple months. So they're down three of their best forwards right now, um, similar to the Penguins with with what they've been dealing with, but it's not really seemed to slow them down. Washington um, right now with their record, they are 8-2 and and 4, so 20 points through their first 14 games uh, in Pittsburgh. They are six points behind them. Right now, um, they can run out Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson on their top line. Lars Eller and Garnet Hathaway, and this other person. I have honestly no idea who this person is. Johnson um, Fialbi. I, I think that's one of their rookies down from Hershey. Connor Sherry with Connor McMichael, who is a rookie for them with Daniel Strong. Um, Carl Haglin on the fourth line. He's been you know, a lot of Caps fans. I think are getting tired of him with Brett Leeson. Uh, John Carlson is still there. He's He'll be there probably until he retires. Nick Jensen with Dimitri Orlov, Trevor Van Riefstake with Justin Schultz, and then Martin February as well. And then I would have to think that Ilya Samsonov will start just because Vitek Vanacek is data's day still. They're not going to start that um, Zach Fukali kid. I know he just had a shutout against the Red Wings, but you know, against you know, your arch rival, they're gonna go with Ilya Samsonov and not think twice. One weird thing about them this season is that their power play has not been good. I mean, you know, I, I guess because just because Backstrom is not there, that's going to kill a lot of that hype just because he's one of the more underrated passers in this league, if not the best passer in this league. He's always been underrated in that aspect for Honestly, his entire career, TJ Oshie, he's not going to be there for a bit just because he's that weapon from the high slot. He always, every time I think he plays the Penguins, he just scores from that vaunted spot right above the right circle on a one-timer. We've just seen it happen way too many times over Oshie's tenure with Washington. He's not there. Um, But I believe that the power play is towards the bottom of the league with Pittsburgh right now, which is something that, you know, I think both teams are not used to seeing because both units are usually pretty good. Now, if we look at some of the underlying numbers with Washington this this season, um, they have 54.4% of the expected goals, 62.7% of the actual goals. So um, the chances that they are getting, they are finishing. um, And then some, they have 50.8% of the shot attempts. Now, the unblocked shot attempts, they have 54% of those. If we go a little further here with some of the underlying numbers, if I can just find this here. Quickly, um, their goals for per 60, 3.04, and then their goals against per 60, 1.81. So they are scoring a lot of goals each game, and then they are not giving up back a lot 
on the defensive side. Their expected goals for per 62.47. So again, um, they are finishing their chances to a very high degree. Their expected goals against per, per 62. And then again, you know, their goal, actual goals against per 61.81. So um, they have been a rock defensively this season. You know, maybe part of that has to do with Dano Chara not being there. I have no idea why they continually fed him top six minutes last season. Now you see the Islanders are reaping that. Right now, I mean, Chara is just not an NHL caliber defenseman anymore. To say the least, but I'm always looking forward to this team playing Washington. I think, um, in terms of the Penguins' biggest rivals, it is probably their biggest rival right now, just because it hasn't been the same with Philadelphia um, in a lot of years. And when these two team teams play, there's always something weird and crazy that happens. And of course, you know, both fan bases absolutely despise each other. God willing, hopefully Tom Wilson doesn't do Tom Wilson things during that game. It seems like he's been pretty a-okay this year, which is good. Hopefully he's starting to clean up his act a little bit because when he's not being an idiot on the ice, he's actually a pretty freaking good hockey player. And I know that may sound weird of me to say just because, you know, I cover the Penguins, but I gotta be objective here. I mean, the guy is actually very talented. You know, he's one of the best power forwards in the league. And those are pretty hard to come by, but he just got to stop being an idiot and, you know, getting suspended and making cheap hits and, you know, living on the edge and then everything else will be fine. I honestly think that's the biggest reason why Caps fans defend him so much is because of how much he scored for this team. I don't think, you know, it's nothing to do with his looks in quotation marks or anything like that or whatever else people want to say. It's just the fact that he is actually one of the best power forwards in the game and helps their team win on a nightly basis. So Pittsburgh will always have to be on the lookout for him. Obviously Ovechkin, I will say this as well. Um, you know, some people in the Penguins fan base continue to hate on Ovi. I don't understand it. I mean, we harp on other fan bases, especially Capitals fans, for not respecting Sidney Crosby and what he has accomplished, but you can't say the same, or you can't do the same, excuse me, um, when Capitals fans do it back with Alex Ovechkin. So, I really don't get that double standard, I guess is the word for it. In my opinion, he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. He's already fourth all time in goals. I believe he just passed Brett Hall tonight to get to 742. I think Yarmir Yager is the next one on that list, followed by Gordy Howe and then the great one. So um, in my opinion, you know, Ovi's definitely going to pass Yager. I think he will pass Gordy Howe by the time his career is over. The biggest one is going to be Gretzky. I honestly really hope he catches him. That would be freaking awesome to see that he would do that. I think that would be like the last thing that he's going to check off on his career list. He's already won the Stanley Cup. He's won so many Rocket Richards, Hart Trophies, all that jazz. And I think to be the top-ranked goal scorer um, all time would be another very distinct honor for him. And I think he's one of the top 10 best players to ever play in this league. So I always have had the utmost respect for Ovechkin. Maybe not so much when I was a kid, but you know, as I've grown up, you know, as I've become more objective, you know, as I've been doing this podcast for the last couple of years, I've just come to really have a great appreciation of Alex Ovechkin just because, you know, we're not going to see Sid and Ovi go at it many more times. I know Sid is not going to be playing in that matchup, I don't think, but still he'll probably be in the rest of the matchups uh, for the rest of the season, bearing he gets injured again. And I do think a lot of people want to see another playoff series between these two rivals. You know, just one more and then we're done. You know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, though. I think at this point, after seeing uh, four series since 2009, I'm kind of burnt out at this point. It's been a nice break since 2018. But still, overall, my, my big point, just love when these two teams play 
and I'm sure you're going to see something wacky and crazy. It'll be nice that Capital One Arena in D.C. will be packed for that one. It just was not the same last season when these two teams played with an empty arena just because the fans were not going rabid and all that. If I were not going to Pittsburgh this weekend to go to the Steelers game, you definitely would be able to find me at Capital One Arena for that one. I'm hoping I can go to that next one up here as well. But that'll do it for this segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Still have a little more to get to coming up in our third segment. But before we do that, BetOnline is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. There was a weird tweet that I saw um, today because there's there's been a quote that's been running around from John Torella talking on ESPN about how, you know, it shouldn't matter if Connor McDavid gets the calls or that he's a star player. He should basically be able to get through it. Um, Arthur Staple from The Athletic had a tweet, you know, are there many fans out there who care whether Conor McDavid gets more calls? He goes, I'm sure he does, but it's framed as a hockey would be better if he did thing, which seems false. There are no fans of hockey, the sport. There are only fans of teams and what they want their teams to win. Okay, that is just so far from the truth. I don't really know why Arthur said that. He is getting ratioed, rightfully so. You know, I have a lot of you know people that I love that work at The Athletic that have come on the show. Um, I really don't understand what Arthur is trying to say there. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't really think this is a McDavid issue, in my opinion. I mean, he's just the one that gets talked about the most because, well, what do you know? He's the best freaking player in the world. And we saw what happened. I think Dom um, did an article on this during the playoffs this past season where he said he was sick and tired of the officiating. I, I believe it was Rachel. God, I hope I don't mispronounce her name. I believe it was Rachel Dory that did a study on how many whacks the Jets got away with on McDavid. I think it was well over 20, maybe even 30 for that series. And the refs just looked at him and just didn't give him a call. Um, and this is the biggest thing, you know, with, you know, and it's not just, you know, Arthur Staple. I think this goes for a lot of people that run the NHL and some people that are also fans of the league, you know, and I tweeted this as well, you know, a lot of these people that run the league and, you know, some people that even cover the league, some people that even watch the games, you know, they only like it when mid-tier players hack and whack at the stars with no repercussions just because, you know, that's, the you know, the kind of game that they grew up watching and all that, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's something, you know, from Miracle on Ice as well. It's probably a weird comparison, but, you know, those are also the same kind of people that don't like when the pros go to the Olympics just because it should be um, for everyone that's not the pros, even though hockey is just completely different. Anyways, not the point. But um, some of these people don't want the league to be like the other leagues where the stars get the benefit of the doubt on calls. And it's just like, why would you not want that? You see every time, you know, the NFL, you know, for as much as a lot of people like to hate on Tom Brady, and rightfully so, I mean, I've dumped on that guy so many times, you know, why does he get the benefit of the doubt with calls? Because he's Tom freaking Brady. You know, you go to the NBA. Oh, why does LeBron James get the benefit of the doubt with all the calls? Why did Kobe Bryant um, as well, you know, may he rest in peace, obviously. Why did he 
get the benefit of the doubt with all the calls because he was one of the best players in the league. You don't see that in the NHL. I mean, partly because, you know, the league mandates how they want the games to be called. But, you know, just a lot of people that run the league, you know, were the second, third line, fourth line hackers that got away with all this stuff. So they feel like some of these other players should get away with it as well. So I really don't understand why people that cover the game, watch the game, all that jazz, have to go against star players getting calls in. The weird part of that angle, you know, with the fans want their teams to win angle. I mean, yeah, I mean, fans of the teams with superstars, they want their superstars to get the calls that they deserve. So I really don't understand that point. Um, obviously, I don't think Penguins fans are going to care. Well, most of them, if Connor McDavid gets calls, but, you know, you'll be damn sure that we'll want Sidney Crosby to get them as well as Evgeny Malkin. We have seen time and time again where Sid and Gino um, just do not get penalty calls that benefit them just because some of these lesser skilled players get away with it. And Rachel, you know, she was the one that, you know, did that study with Connor McDavid, you know, not getting a single penalty called against him in that series against Winnipeg from this past year. She even put that tweet out, you know, I don't want to watch clutch and grab. I want to see dangles, speed and goals and hockey would be better if the best players were allowed to be the best players, you know, not getting interfered with hook and slash and chip without consequence. So again, really don't understand that tweet from Arthur, but you know, the thing is, he's not the only one that has a take like that. It is a widespread problem with hockey, and it's something that hopefully can be eradicated at some point. But that is how I wanted to end today's episode of Locked on Penguins with just you know some thoughts on that and just why the league needs to be so much better with how they treat star players um, and the Penguins included in that. But that will do it for this episode. We will be back next week with five brand new episodes of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I have a schedule out with how I'm going to do it with my new job. I'll have a full game recap for both the Senators and the Capitals, especially the Capitals one on Monday. We'll briefly talk about the Ottawa one, but I'm sure by then you will all know what happened. You all, honestly, you all, you all will know what happened for both those games. So I'll just go over some of the key storylines, you know, and what I took away from both of those matchups. So um, I can't wait to talk to you all on Monday. We'll see if the Penguins can somehow get a perfect four out of four points this weekend. I'll talk to you all next week.